Anyway, six years ago, in November of 2017, my family and I moved here because of a new assignment in the church. And we were welcomed here in this congregation. In fact, before we moved six years ago, we, uh, just in case, before we moved here, when I was elected to this assignment, Jill reached out to Cement and said, if you are moving to Kansas City, Central Church can be your home. For 83 years, this church has been committed to reaching people here at home, but also participating in missions by sending, supporting missionaries, being a part of World Evangelism Fund, praying that God will reach out to the world and touch people's lives. And one of those boys representing the world area now is no longer just one there where we send missionaries and we pray that God will use them, has come to be a part of this home that for 83 years, have believed that God calls the church to be a part of God's mission. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being a part of God's mission. And thank you for continuing that today as we dedicate this sanctuary. Really, we are dedicating ourselves to say, Lord, it, it is our turn. Continue to use us to reach the world here at home and around the world. This morning, uh, I hope I will stay awake. You have heard that uh, I was gone for one month, and uh, when I was asked to speak this morning, I knew that I would probably get home at about 5 p.m., which we got 6 p.m. last night, and it's a different time zone, but uh, I was excited to be a part of this service and be a part of a church that believes in God's mission, believes in the calling that God has given us. So we read this morning from Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 12, and we read verse 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, or fixing our gaze on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat, at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A few things about this uh, this text, and by the way, in Africa, we are known for preaching long. I won't do that this morning. 
So if you're wondering about that, just know that I won't do that this morning. Uh, a few things about this book. There's so much discussion about who's the author, when was it written, why exactly was it written, and scholars have dif differences of opinions around that. But there are some things that they agree on based on what is in the book. One of those is their, is their agreement that the author uses the metaphor of a Christian life as a race, comparing the Christian life and a race. It could be a, a shorter one, it could be a marathon, but it compares the Christian life with a foot race. So I began to read about the Greek-Roman races that they had, the different things that happened in their culture, and then began to compare different uh, races that we have today. And I wanted to find one that represents what we find in this text, which talks about how they have to ob overcome obstacles, the challenges that they face in life, and continue to run the race set before them. The race marked for us. We are invited to run that race. But watch this video and see what we are invited to be a part of. I chose to make this video shorter because there's so much there, but if you have ever heard about Spartan race, you have to go through many obstacles. It can be a shorter race, it can be a longer one, but you have those obstacles and you have to get to the finish line. You have to be faithful to be a part of that. I don't think anyone can enter into one of those races without really preparing well. You have to be disciplined, you have to be committed, you, you have to sign up for that. And I, I wish all of us can do that together. It will really be fun if all, all of us central chess just sign up and we go into the Spartan race. I love outdoors, so I will do it. But they have to overcome those obstacles. The author says the believers are to maintain steadfast faith, holding on to their confession of hope without wavering while focusing on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of their faith. He's exhorting us, inviting the people to be a part of a, a covenant with God and be committed to follow God and recognizing that they have to be well prepared and well equipped to be a part of that. Recognizing that there will be challenges along the way, 
But he invites them to look into two different things. He offers them two suggestions that they're important. The cloud of witnesses. And he offers them Jesus. But most important, as all of this is important for us to know that we are being invited. He says, let us run with perseverance or with endurance the race that is set before us. It is our turn. Let us run with perseverance the race set before us. I think this signifies two things for me. There are many things it can signify. One, it signifies that when we're invited to run the race set before us, we are to live according to God's will and faithfully testify to God's amazing work. We are to live according to God's will So our lives need to be transformed and changed by the power of God. But at the same time, it is not just a transformation that happens so that we can say, I am transformed, I am a follower of Christ, I belong to the central church. Is that our lives, the lives that have been transformed, will bear the witness of the power of God, the transformative power of God. The people in the world must see that power through our lives. So the rest said before us signifies that my life must be transformed. God must do something in my life. It signifies that in running the race, I am joining in God's mission. I am believing that God is still at work redeeming the lost and restoring his creation. And God has chosen that that mission will not be accomplished only by God, but God invites his church to be a part of that and enables the church to participate in that redemptive mission of God. So whether the race is short or long, Like the Spartan race, it requires patience. As one may draw weary, believers are reminded that endurance is crucial. The encouragement to run the race set before us, it is deeply connected to the exemplary legacy of the cloud of witnesses and of Jesus. The cloud of witnesses as we find in Hebrews chapter 11, but we can go back to 83 years ago and the, all these years, it is building that witness of this cloud of witnesses. This is just a fancy way of saying a host, the many witnesses who have been a part of God's mission, who have dedicated their lives to walk with God, to invest in God's mission, to reach out to the people in this community and around the world. Our running the race is deeply connected to that. I I think one thing that I want to remind you as well as part of this is that when we talk about running the race that is deeply connected to the legacy of these who have gone before us, it's not just so much of a Oh, here we are, we have a a home game, Chiefs, and we have all these people sitting there, the people watching and encouraging the Chiefs, and and as as we know, we will make a lot of noise and support and, and encourage those who are playing the game. This is much more than that. 
The cloud of witnesses. They are not just watching us. F.F. Bruce, one of the scholars, says this is more the, it's almost like we are participating. We are, it's not so much that they are looking at us and encouraging us. We look at them and find encouragement. We look at the cloud of witnesses. We look at the witness of God's faithfulness in their journey with the Lord. We look at the witness of how God has blessed them, how God has multiplied their work, how God has used their talents and gifts and resources to bless the world because of their commitment. And as we look at that, we find encouragement. We find inspiration. We are invited to be a part of that. But there's another thing about the cloud of witnesses. I already said they are not just watching us. We are participating in the work that they have been a part of. Over 2,000 years and many, many before the coming of Christ, all these people, followers of God, who have been a part of that mission of God, His redemptive work, His plan for salvation, we become participants with them. We join in that mission, believing that until the day of Christ, when Jesus takes us home, or when the second coming happens, we have a mission to run the race that is set for us. So this cloud of witnesses is not, not just watching and and watching, but we are joining them, we're participating with them. I don't know what I'm, I keep doing on that. I'll blame that on the jet lag. I've been reflecting about the various clouds of people here that are referred in chapter 11, and specifically the prophets. Let's use this. Specifically the prophets. This one. Specifically thinking about the prophets. I thought about Isaiah. Think about the prophet Isaiah. When you come to chapter 6 of Isaiah, we hear the words here in chapter 6 verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Scholars have tried to debate if uh, chapter 6 was the first time that uh, Isaiah was responding to God's call. And if this was the first time that he was responding to God's call, maybe it should have been chapter 1. Because he's already in God's mission, he's doing a lot of stuff for the Lord. But if you read carefully in this chapter, something happened. Isaiah has an encounter with the Lord. He's no longer just joining into, this is my turn to be a part of God's mission. Something happens in this life that transforms his life. Something happens that helps him to understand God and God's will. So Isaiah, as we read here, he saw the Lord seated on higher, he hears these uh, seraphims calling on one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. 
And this was not the first time that Isaiah was hearing that God is holy because Isaiah knew that God was holy. He's holy. But there's something different that was happening because he also knew that there were other gods and other things, temples and buildings that were dedicated as holy as the building of their gods. But as he comes here, he finds himself in the presence of God and he comes to recognize that this God, he is holy other. He's different than all other gods who are created. And Isaiah comes closer to really to a place where he understands the glory of God. He, only, he doesn't only hear that holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. He hears that the glory of God fills the whole place. The whole earth is full of God's glory. And as he finds himself in the presence of God, this prophet who was already proclaiming the word of God, this prophet was already doing in some ways the work of God. He recognized that he himself needs the touch of the Lord. So he says, woe, woe is me. I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And the Lord does something powerful in the life of Isaiah. The Lord transforms the life of Isaiah. It's no longer just, oh, I am called to be a part of God's mission. It's my turn. But without a full understanding of who this God is, he's transformed, he's changed, he's forgiven his sins, he's empowered by God, and he's ready to participate in God's mission. And I think the other thing that is so important is that Isaiah realized that even though we live in a world of brokenness and chaos in our world and sin and evil, he comes to understand that God has the power to bring transformation and to change lives. So Isaiah is no longer just joining on a mission because, well, this is what we do as the people of God. We sing, we proclaim the word, we tell people to follow God, we tell people that there's only one God. Isaiah now joins in this race, running the race set before him with a clear understanding that even in God's judgment, in his words of where he's not pleased with evil, the brokenness is because God loves us so much and God knows that the evil and the brokenness is destructive in our lives and God wants to bring transformation in our lives and he invites us to enter into that life. So Isaiah realizes that this is not just a message because my forefathers and mothers preached the word. It is not just participation in the race because the others have been a part of that. But in this moment, God has done something in my life that marks my moment of entering into the race and be a part of what God is doing. Isaiah also recognizes that if the word says the whole earth is full of his glory, that means there is no space in this world where God's grace has not gone. There is no challenge. There is no brokenness. There is no chaos that can stop the work of God. So when he hears the word, whom shall I send? 
He says, sign me in. Sign me up. I'm here. Give me that so I'll be a part of the race. Give me your word. Give me your spirit. Give me your presence and use me and send me. And it is my hope that even us as we enter into this race, we have entered into this race, we have been a part of this and we continue in that race. We do so with the recognition that the one who invites us to be transformed in such a way that our lives can be a reflection of God's light, God's holiness, God's presence, God's grace in our world. The one who invites us, he is able. As Paul will remind us, I am confident of this, that the one who began the work, he is faithful to bring it to completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the race that we are part of, it does not mean that we will not have challenges. You saw it on the video. There may be slippery moments. There may be many obstacles along the way. But the one who invites us, he is even above the cloud of witnesses. He is supreme than the cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses that we join and participate with, we find strength and inspiration in them. But they do not come anywhere closer to Jesus, the one who not only inspires us because of his endurance, his sacrifice that he gave, but he gave his life so that we may be transformed, we can find new life. And he promises that my presence will be with you. I will not leave you alone. You will not go by yourself. I will always be with you because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me so go run the race keep going but also fix your gaze fix your gaze on Jesus as the ultimate example of faith and endurance emulating Jesus example leads to a deep fellowship with God and ongoing spiritual growth. It is my prayer that as we dedicate this sanctuary, remodeled sanctuary, we are truly dedicating ourselves and we are opening our hearts and saying, Oh God, I dedicate myself to you. I dedicate myself to you. I want to have my gaze on Jesus. I want to look at Jesus not only for inspiration, but do your work, Jesus, in me in such a way that I can see your glory everywhere and I can represent that glory of God wherever you send me. Praise be to God.